Here we go. Bottom line of Daf Ayin. Hey, Amad Bey, 75B. Today's Daf is Daf Ayin. Vav Zog, the Gemara. The Gemara says. Now, we're going to start out by mentioning a, <clears throat> what we'll call a big-time machlokas, a big-time dispute in Halacha, which continues to have its ramifications until today between Rab and Shmuel, where when two things combined when you have two things that are combined which are forbidden, for example, Rashi said, Rashi is going to say, milk gets mixed with meat, you have something not kosher gets mixed with kosher, um, are you allowed to eat it? So we know that the first thing you're going to look at is heat, because heat causes flavor to be transmitted. An additional um, point that will need to be taken into account is... What fell into what? Which food is in action, is in motion, and which food is in its place? For example, you have kosher meat that falls into a non-kosher meat pot. So, which flavor is stronger? Which one's going to override the other? Before you even take into account... Um, numbers necessarily we're going to find that there's a machlokas in Rav and Shmuel right at the beginning of our Gemara whether tatogavar, what's on bottom is automatically going to be stronger than the upper or will the upper be whatever is falling in will that be stronger than that which is lower okay now if we want to think about this practically for a moment think about the laws of Shabbos and cooking. When you have hot water and you pour cold water into the hot water, do we say the bottom water overrides and therefore as you're pouring in the cold water, the initial cold water that's falling in is considered cooking. And you're not allowed to pour cold water into hot water because the hot water is going to be stronger because since that's on bottom, and it's going to be considered cooking the cold water, which and, and it wouldn't be allowed on Shabbos. Or do you say, Ilagavar, the, the top one, whatever's falling in is stronger, and if I have cold water that's falling into the hot water, it's not cooking, because whatever cold water is there is going to immediately cool off the hot water, and it won't be considered cooking. Okay? So that's the Machlokas between Rav and Shmuel of Ilagavar or Tatogavar, and let's get going. Zok the Gemara, Imar, we learn. Cham l'seicham. When you have something, two foods that are hot, either one's permitted, one's not permitted, or one's milk and one's meat, the halacha is divrei hakol. Everybody is in agreement that it is aser. You're not allowed to eat that food. Top of today's daf. If cold food fell onto cold food, divrei hakol motor. Everybody, it agree, everybody agrees. It's no problem. All you got to do is rinse it off. Just wash it off, and you're permitted to. Eat these foods. And what happens if hot food fell into something cold? Or cold food fell into something hot? So then we have this machlukas, whether what's on top is stronger or what's on bottom is stronger. Rav Omari, Logavar, Rav says the top is stronger. And therefore that's going to be the, the prominent one and the dominant one. Ushmul Amar Tatogavar. Shmuel says that no, whatever is sitting there and is being poured upon, the thing sitting on bottom, <clears throat> let's say the cold water into hot water, the hot water is going to be stronger than the cold water, will be considered cooking. Tonight we learned in the Mishnah, 
Alright, what do we say in our Mishnah? We said that if some of the grease drips onto chares, um, onto pottery, and then it spritches back up. So the halacha is, what do you do? Just take off that spot that it spritched back up onto. You have hot grease bouncing back up onto the carb. We're going to assume that the pottery that the grease dripped upon and then splattered back up with was cold pottery. That's why you got to take off the place of the animal. Why? Because you had the hot grease on the cold surface. The, cold, the hot grease is going to override the cold surface. And now that it spritches back up, it's still considered hot. And therefore, you got to take a you got to take off that part of the carbon pesach. It's also right, because the grease is going to uh, is going to spritch back up and remain hot. And then the the uh, pottery keeps the grease hot because the grease was stronger than the cold pottery. When the grease spritches back up, oh, now the carbon pesach is mamish. Considered, uh, you know, it's considered cooked by this hot grease. It's got to be cooked directly from the flame, like we explained outside. But according to Shmuel, who says, I don't understand. Think about it. What are you going to have? Grease falls down onto cold pottery. According to him, the cold pottery is going to immediately cool off the grease. So now that it spritches back up, we shouldn't care. It's cooling off the grease. So why do you got to take off the piece of the carbon Pesach? Great kasha on Shmuel. Enters the Gemara. Like Abirman says the name of Shmuel. The same way when we're dealing with the flour that's underneath the carbon. We're dealing with hot flour as we're going to get into. We're going to get a little more into this topic today. And Reb David uh, brought this up. You know, well, where's the, what's, what's with the story of the flower? But uh, be it as it may for right now, the story of the flower was where the flower was hot. And since the flower was hot, we're going to understand that the earthenware was hot. And now that the earthenware pottery that was underneath the animal is hot, when the grease strips down and then spritches back up, and we say you got to take off the piece of the animal, there's no proof, Elah Gavar. There's no proof that whatever falls down, whatever's falling, the top part is the more dominating one. You know why? Because maybe the reason why it's an issue is because the bottom pottery was also hot. And maybe that's the issue. Maybe the issue was the tata, not the ilod. Either way, it was hot, and that's why it's us. Okay. Tonight, we learned in our Mishnah as well. Not If some of the grease dripped onto flour, Allah is... You got to remove, um, you got to remove a kmitza, three fingers full of flour from where it was. We're assuming the flour was cold. Same question. Makes it's understandable according to Rav who says that the top one is stronger. That's why you got to take off the three fingerfuls of flour. Because the grease went down onto the flour. The flour is now considered hot. The flour then um, uh, is cooking up the grease 
And the grease is now being cooked by the heat of the flour, which is not allowed to be done, because the grease is part of the Adam. Same question we had before, who says the bottom uh, element is what is more, uh, is, is stronger. Silas, by the flour, since it's cold, again, the fact that it's cold is an assumption. Since it's cold, it should cool it off. And therefore, what have I got to remove the three fingerfuls of flour? All you should need to do is remove the spot that it touched. It couldn't do anything past that. It can't cook anything further than that. Answers the Gemara. Same answer we gave prior as well. Amar of Yirmiyah, Amar Shmuel, Bisoilis, Reisachas. No, we weren't dealing with cold flour to prove Ilagavar. Rather, we're dealing with hot flour. And since both the, the grease was hot and the flour was hot, that's why you got to take off a full three fingerfuls. Either way, the bottom line we're up to right now in our Gemara is there is no proof to Rav over Shmuel. We don't have a proof that Ilagavar, that the upper one is stronger. Because in all cases, the bottom one as well was hot. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah as well. If a person put oil of truma on the carbon Pesach. If they're a group of Kahanim, they're allowed to eat it. However, if the group are Yisraelim, then if the meat is raw, you rinse it off. If it is already cooked, if it's already roasted, you got to take off the outer peel, the outter shell, the outer layer. According to the Rabbi says that that whatever's on top is stronger. That's why it's enough. Just take off the outer layer and you're allowed to eat the carbon Pesach. Why? Because the oil that was put on the outside of the carbon is not going to go past um, uh, it's, it's not going to go any further because that is is stronger. The oil is stronger. I don't understand. Once the meat is roasted, isn't it hot? And if it's hot, the oil we should assume is mivla bala is swallowed into the meat. It's going much further into the meat because of the heat of the meat. Right, the lower one, whatever's inside the heat of the meat. Taken in the oil much deeper than just the outer the, the outer layer. So according to you, Shmuel, why is it enough to take, to, <coughs> excuse me, to take off only the klipa, the outer layer? Nitzar the whole meat should be usher to eat. We should assume that the oil of truma has completely seeped in, and no Yisrael may eat it. Says Gemara, no shiny sicha. It's different when you only smear oil. It's done with a very limited, a very small amount. And Mamela, even if that oil is going into the meat, it's, it cannot go too far into the meat. It will never go further than Kedei Klipa. Despite the fact that it's hot, again, we have an answer and there is no question on Shmuel. Okay, so we had three potential questions from our Mishnah on the opinion of Shmuel, who holds Tata Gavar, we got him out of those questions. He was able to answer them. And now we're going to turn around, and instead of asking questions on Shmuel, we're going to start asking questions on Rav, who holds Elah Gavar.
We have a brisa which happens to be a support for Shmuel, which ends up being a question on Rav. If something that's hot falls into something else that's hot, the is the whole thing is Asr. And also something that's cold, that's put into something hot, is also going to be Asr. Something hot that's put into cold, and something cold that's put into cold, what's the halacha meidiyach? The halacha is, all you got to do is rinse it off, and it is permitted to eat it. Now, says the Gemara, we said, if you have hot that falls into cold, all you need to do is rinse it off. I understand. If the upper one is hot, as the cold is falling into the hot, I'm sorry, as the hot is falling into the cold, it's not possible that the cold won't be heated up at least a little bit. So you should at least obligate, you should at least obligate that the place, the spot where the, the hot element, the hot food touched, at least that part of the cold meat, we'll call it, should need to be cut off. Rather, it means that a something that's hot that falls into something cold. You have to go off. But really, you don't only need to rinse off hot. Uh, I'm sorry, when it comes to hot into cold, the halacha is you actually need to take off kadei klipa. Only when it's cold into cold do we are we able to walk away merely with rinsing. Okay. But it seems that uh, Shmuel, uh, uh, who holds Tata Gabar, the bottom one is stronger, is correct from the halacha of something hot falling into something cold, or leniency. It seems, since we're being lenient that the bottom one is cold, the, and we're being lenient on it, the bottom one is stronger. According to Rav, who holds the, you follow the upper one, this, this price is a question. Because when you have something hot falling into something cold, we shouldn't be lenient. Because according to him, whatever's falling in is stronger. Well, if there's heat falling in, why are we being lenient? According to you, the whole thing should be answered. So we, that's why this b'risa is a, is a proof for Shmuel. Tani idach. We have another b'risa. Basar eseach, shenafal eseach, halav Hot meat falls into hot milk. V'chein tzaynin. And similarly, something cold. Shenafal eseacham. That falls into hot. So you have hot into hot and cold into hot. Aser. Hot into hot. And cold into hot is usher because the whatever's on bottom, the heating is going to override whatever's falling into. Cham l'sayitzayin. If something that's hot falls into something cold, the tzonein l'sochtzonein, and cold into cold, midiach. All you got to do is rinse it off. Says the Gemara, cham l'sayitzayin midiach. Hot into cold. All you got to do is rinse it off. Keep on the cham since it's so hot. Even if it's falling into something cold, at least take off Kadei Klipa, at least take off the outer shell. While whatever's falling into it, whatever's cold is falling into it, uh, certainly it's going to go in a little bit. Klipa boy, you should need a Klipa. Says Gemara, you're right. If you have hot into cold, you must take off Kadei Klipa. Only if it's cold into cold are you allowed to merely 
rinse it off. Bottom line is, you see very clearly from this brisa as well, whatever is on bottom is more powerful. Whatever's on bottom is playing the is playing the stronger role. Here we go. Eight lines into the wide lines, approximately Omar Mar, the Tana taught us. If something cold falls into something else that's cold, the Allah is Meidiach. We rinse it off. says, This is only true if there's no if there's no salt involved, if nobody salted this. But if there's salt, Usr is going to be Usr. Why? Because salt is like heat. The same way heat allows taste to transition from one thing to another, even if you have two food items that are cold, if there's salt involved, that's considered, we now have to assume that the taste got transferred. The Yomar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Meliach salting something is like heating it up. Kavosh hareyokimavoshul, and also pickling something is kimavoshul, it's also like cooking it, okay? And therefore, if you put uh, cucumbers into salt water or into vinegar on Shabbos, um, even if it's cold, <clears throat> you're going to be starting to run into issues of uh, bishul of cooking on Shabbos. Amar Rava, Rava says, "Hada Amar Shmuel, this that Shmuel says, that salting something is like cooking it." We only say that when the food is so salty that you can't eat it because it's salty. But let's say it could still be eaten. That's not considered salty enough. Okay? How much salt is needed to make it like cooking? It needs to be a lot. Where somebody's going to look at this thing and say, oh, that's too salty. Uh, I can't eat that uh, plain. But just to have a little bit of salt in your food uh, is not going to make it kimavushal. Like it's uh, like it's cooking. Ahubar Gazola, there was a story of a bird, a pigeon, the Nafal Lekada de Kamda, that fell into a barrel of Rashi says it's a kutach, it's a uh, milchig dip. So you have a you had a bird that fell into a milchig dip. Right? Chicken we know midrabanan rabbinically is considered fleshik. Sharia of Chimna Vraderava. Rav Chinina, the son of Rava of Pashronia, said there's no problem. Yeah, it wasn't salty enough, <clears throat> and the bird is still kosher. Rava, Rava says, Man Who is smart enough to give a psak on this? If not for Rav Chinina, but Rava from Pashronia, the Gavra Rabu, he's a big Talmud Chuchim. Amarlach. This barrel of the milchig dip, since it's not so salty, uh, even though the chicken, the bird, fell into it, it's still going to be permitted to eat because it was cold. So you just rinse it off. You rinse off the dip from the bird, and it'll remain kosher. I says the Gemara, you should just know Vahani Mili Chai. This is only if the bird is not yet cooked. Yeah. But if it's roasted, then you're going to take off Kidei Klipa. Okay, even though it's not so salty. And that is also only true. In other words, you see from here that roasted meat 
the when you roast bird, it makes the flesh more capable of taking in flavor than raw uh, than than raw bird, raw chicken, raw meat. Okay, so this is only true when this bird, this dead bird, fell into the milchig dip and was raw. Then we say rinse it off and it's fine. But if it was roasted, then you're going to have to take off kadei klipa, the outer layer of leyamarnel de lespe pile. And this is also true as well, where the the meat was a complete piece of meat. It wasn't cut. If there's cuts in the meat, then it's going to be forbidden because we have to say that the dip, the milchik dip, went into the cracks. And also if there were tavlin, if there were spices that had been put on it, then as well, the bird is going to be usher. Why? Rashi says because spices make the flesh soft. And once the flesh becomes soft, it becomes more capable of taking in the milchig flavor. Period. Okay. Here we go. Amar Rav. Rav says, Top of Ayin Vav Amud Beis. Basa Shkuta if you have fatty kosher meat, you have fatty kosher meat. Now, fat's gishmak, yeah? But it's absorbent. So you roasted it with basar nevela kachosh, which doesn't have any fats. Dalacha is usr. You cook kosher in the same oven as non-kosher, even if they're not touching Usr. My time. Why? Because they are going to take in the fatty, uh, we'll call it the fatty flavors of each other. And we're going to say that the, the uh, taste that goes up into the air through the heat from the steam is going to impact each other. The lady Amar Levi says, Even if it was kosher meat with no fats, that's roasted together with fatty nevela also, my time, He did this with a gedi and a davar acher. He cooked a goat together with a davar acher, a pig. And he poskined that this gedi, because it didn't have many fats, is going to be mutter to eat. Okay, so according to Levi, when you have um, when you have a goat cooked without fats, that's cooked with a fatty pig, it's allowed because all you're going to have is the recha, is the smell, and the smell in the oven doesn't make something non-kosher. We asked a challenging question on this opinion of Levi, who holds that smell does not impact. Because they're going to end up having tarubas, end up mixing in. Now, who cares if the two carbon pesachs mix in? Rashi says, because only people who are registered members of that chavura can partake of the carbon pesach. So if I cook two carbonas, Two sacrifices together. The smells of each other, we're assuming it's the smells right now, the smells of each other are going to impact the other carbon. And now when I'm part of carbon A, 
I'm going to be, and I sit down to eat carbonate, I'm also going to be eating part of carbon B because they were cooked together, even though I'm not part of the Chabura of carbon B. I'm not part of that group. Okay. My love, Tarumas Tamim, aren't we concerned about the flavors being mixed together? The Kashula Levi. And we have a very strong question on Levi, because you see from here that we are concerned about smell from one going into the other. We're not concerned only about smell. We're concerned about the, uh, the bodies, the actual carcasses, the, the meat being mixed up. If you cook carbon A with carbon B and you roast it, when you take it off the spit, you might hand carbon B to the group of carbon A and you might hand carbon A to the group of carbon B. That's the concern. I'll prove to you it's logical to say that's the concern. In the Tony Sefer, we say the end of the Bryce, we said that uh, according to Levi, even if you, uh, I'm sorry, not according to Levi, but according to this Bryce, which tells us that you're not allowed to roast two carbon Pesachs together, he says, even if one group brought a Gedi, brought a goat, and the other one brought a sheep, also it's forbidden. If you're going to say the problem is because of the bodies, that's what I mean. Even a goat and a, and a sheep, I'm going to tell you is a chiddish, and you're still not allowed to cook them together. But if the whole concern initially was flavor of one going into the flavor of the other, what's the difference if I'm cooking two goats together? What's the difference if I'm cooking two sheep together? There's no difference. What's the difference if it's a goat and a sheep? I mean, even a goat and a sheep, even a goat and a sheep. You told me taste is a problem. It must be the issue is not the taste. It must be the issue is confusion. I might give the wrong animal to the wrong group. And on that, halacha, we say, yeah, by the way, even if they're, even if the two groups, each one brought a different type of animal, we're still concerned that it might be mixed up and it's still going to be usher. Bottom line is, we have no question on Levi. We thought we had a question on Levi. Levi said, there's no concern about smell. We said, what, how can we concern about smell? You can't cook two carbon Pesachs. Says Levi, no, that's not a smell concern. That's a mixing up of the uh, carbon Pesach concern. Okay. Says the Gemara, Elamai. So what are we coming out with in Halacha? Al-Karchach, against our will, we're forced to say, The reason why you're not allowed to roast two carbon Pesachs together is because you might mix up the groups. But it seems to imply that if mere flavor goes from one into the other, it seems there's no problem. This is a question on Rav. Shmuel said, we're not concerned about flavor from one going into the other. You can cook two things side by side. Rav said, no, we're concerned about flavor. Well, according to this Brisa, that the whole concern is just the mixing up of the bodies. So there's no concern about flavor. And now we've got a question on Rav, who said there is a concern about flavor. Um, Rav Yirmiya, Rav Yirmiya says, no, Hachamai Eskinon. Rav is going to say, what are we dealing with over here? You roasted it on two separate, uh, two separate pots. Okay? Now, what do you mean you're roasting it on two separate pots? So the Machlokas, Rav, and Shmuel was not dealing with particularly the carbon Pesach. The Machlaikas Rav and Shmuel was in general. When you have, when you have uh, 
meat and milk when you or something kosher, something non-kosher, something fatty, something lean. Over there, he'll say that when we're dealing with two separate pots, that's why. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, that's why, in general, we will have an issue as opposed to the carbon pesach when it's mamish separate. So there's no mixing of flavors, and the whole concern is, um, the whole concern is that the that the gedi of one chabura will get mixed up with the gedi of a different chabura. Says the Gemara, What do you mean? What do you mean that the carbon pesach is inside of a pot? You have one in, uh, one gedi inside one pot, one gedi inside of another pot. There's no pots. There's no cooking. You know how to do? You know how to cook a carbon pesach? So what are you talking about? It was separated in two separate. Says the Gemara. That the two carbonates were being roasted the same way you cook two pots and they're and they're uh, and they're separated when you put two pots side by side and I make a soup in one pot and a soup in another pot. Do the do the two soups mix? No. So too, when we're talking about this carbon pesach, we're dealing with a roasting that's like two kaderas. This is what we mean to say in the Brisa. You know that arose two carbon pesachs together because they might get mixed up. My tarubas, what does that mean? Tarubas tamim. It means the mixing of the flavors. And even if you cook it the same way they cook soups and pots, you look at tarubas timing and say, oh, there's no mixing of flavors like that, so let me keep my two spits separate. No. You cannot do it so close together because the bodies might get mixed up. And this is true even if you have a sheep and a goat. Omar of Mari Mari says, Kitanoi, the Machlaikastin Raven Levi is Machlaikastanoim, a right the Paschama. If a person takes down hot bread from an oven, and you put it, you have hot achala, and you put it on top of a barrel of Truma wine, so that the flavor of the wine will be soaked into the uh, a Truma wine, right? So you're going to benefit from Truma. You, you, you're doing it because now the, the flavor is going to go into the hot challah. Rav Meir Eiser. Rav Meir says, a Yisrael is no longer allowed to eat this bread because it has the smell and flavor of truma wine in it. Rav Yehuda Matir. And Rav Yehuda says, no problem. Rav Yehuda Matir B'Shalchitin. Rav Yehuda says, there's a, it depends. If the bread is made like wheat flour from wheat flour, then it takes in wheat flour, takes in the smell of wine when it's hot, the truma, and it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm sorry, and it's going to be permitted. Wheat does not take in the smell, and it'll still be allowed. However, if it, the bread is made out of barley flour, then it's going to be awesome. Because barley flour absorbs smell. My love tonight. So don't you see? You have a machlekes tonight. The Marsava Rechala Milsi. One Tana of this Brisa holds that we're not concerned about smell. Who? Rebbe Yehuda. Umar Sava Rechala Milsi. And one holds that we are concerned about smell, which was Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir said across the board, Usser. You're not allowed to put hot bread, any type of bread, on top of the barrel. The Levi Vade tonight. According to Levi, it's Zicher. It's certainly. A machlekes tanoim. Okay. Now, why does Levi? Well, I according to the machlekes tanoim, only because it's not that we know this for a fact. 
but only because if he doesn't say it's a machlekes tanan, he's out. He's blown out the door. He needs to have a tana to back himself up on, and therefore he he needs to be of the opinion that this is a uh, this is a machlekes tanan, and he'll say, oh, you know, uh, Rabbi Yehuda agrees with me. Rabbi Yehuda agrees with me that there's no such thing as flavor. Larav neimatanoi, but according to Rav. Should we say it's a machlekas tanam? Does Rav also need to hold that it is a machlekas tanam, or could Rav say that? Oh, maybe Rav will say that really smell is an issue, and the only reason why Rabbi Yehuda allows the bread to be put on top of the truma wine is because it's unique to that situation. But he would, but maybe Rav would say that uh, Rabbi Yehuda agrees with me. That in general, to cook two things in an oven is a problem. Rav's going to say, that no, I hold there's not even a machlekas tanam. Everybody agrees, smells a problem. Didn't we learn in the Mishnah? We're dealing with hot bread on top of an open barrel. In such a case, everybody will be in agreement that hot bread on top of an open barrel of wine, is certainly going to take in the taste and flavor of the truma wine. And also, let's say I have cold bread put on top of a closed barrel of truma, then no problem with that. I'm just putting my bread down on top of a closed barrel. Okay, there's truma wine inside the barrel. Big deal, it's inside the barrel. It's closed. I put my cold bread. No problem. Where's the home? Says Rav. I have hot bread straight out of the oven and I sit it down on top of a closed barrel of truma wine. Or, or I've got cold bread on top of an open barrel. That is where we have the machlaikas, the hanami, and in these cases as well, we'll say that it is the same that uh, Rob's opinion is going to be that it's the same as hot bread on open, and he will be machmir, period. Tani, Rav Kahana, Braid, Rav Chinna Saba, Rav Kahana, Tan, Nehem, Chinna Saba, Pasha, Afa'a, Imtzli, Betanur, bread that's baked together with roasted meat, also l'akhla b'kuchta. If you cook par of bread in the oven at the same time that you're cooking fleshig meat, that bread is not allowed to be eaten with milchig anymore. Okay? Ahi binise, quick story. There was a binise, the itva bahadi bisra. Somebody once roasted fish together with their meat. Asra rava mi parzika le mechle bekochta. Rava parzika said it's usher to eat that par of fish with milchiks. Marbaravashi amarafilu be milchanami asura that even to eat. That fish with salt is going to be asumishum the kasha larecha u ledavar acher because it's kasha larecha u ledavar acher. He says like this: This is a, a separate. Uh, this is a separate halacha. Nothing to do with meat and milk. This is uh, my wife would like this halacha. Yeah, would like. I shouldn't call it a halacha, but my wife would like this opinion that this talking about just eating fish, salty fish, herring, in general. Says first of all. Stamazaya person shouldn't be eating just plain salty fish because it gives you halitosis. Yeah, it causes uh, it causes bad breath, and apparently it uh, it can cause other ailments as well. Rashi says saras. I'm assuming that this saras is the leper, the physical leprosy 
that we refer to, it's not talking about uh, the spiritual ailment that a person gets when they speak Lashon Harif. Okay. Here we go. Zak the Mishnah. All right. Now we're going to get into other things that if a person is Tomei,